Special thank you to Seed and Stone Cidery and Lucky Buzz Meadery for sponsoring the show today. Uh, they help to make this show possible and supply us with the, the occasional beverage when we're out there. They've got 10 uh, taps full of meads and ciders made right there in-house. They've also got all sorts of awesome events going on, including an open mic uh, almost every single Thursday where you can come out and show your musical talent. So all you songwriters out there, uh, stop out and grab a cider or a mead and tell them that the songwriters couch and the Patrick Joan band sent you again, seen in stone cidery right here in Rochester, New York, go out and visit them and let them know we sent you. Thanks guys. Welcome to the Songwriter's Couch, episode number 11. We're here with Chris Good News Cardwell. Yes. Did I get yes. that right? You did. You got it right. I was looking like, okay, what's he about to say? Excellent, excellent. So, um, yeah, we're doing a little bit of a twist. So we, we were going to mm -hmm. change the sign, but we might change it in post, maybe put a little thing over it or something. Because um, you're not a musician. Well, you are a musician by kind trade of. first. Yes. Um, but then you've moved now into uh, photography and comedy. Yep. So why don't we, um, we start kind of by, like, what you're doing now, what, what you've got going on, and then, um, you know, what what we want everyone to know about you I all guess. right cool so um i'm a photographer that's what i do for a living that's what i love that's one of my passions i've been doing photography for over 12 years now um, which is also how we met yeah exactly which we'll talk yep, about, yep. Uh, i moved to rochester in 2009 and uh since i moved to rochester and when i first moved to rochester as you mentioned in music i was actually uh making beats at the time uh but also practicing photography and then because of certain situations i ended up just going more so towards the photography route but since i've done that man it's, it's definitely been a blessing and rochester has shown an amazing amount of love of my photography career but in the past year and a half um i ended up getting into stand-up comedy um I've, I've been in comedy the comedy world in terms of doing improv comedy for some years now i always wanted to make the jump into doing stand-up and um a year and a half ago i finally did and it's been an amazing journey um i love it it's, it's one of my new passions and it's like it's addictive it's like yeah, when you yeah. get on stage it's like you get that rush and then you want to get back on stage and you want to try a new joke and see how you can work it into in your routine and make people laugh and it's just it's just a fun cool thing yeah so and the reason i wanted to kind of have you on to talk about kind of comedy and, and that thing is because i've talked i think on almost every single episode right about because I, I watch a lot of comedy podcasts and all that sort mm -hmm. of thing right is the is primarily like what i'm watching um and so i hear a lot about the process of developing jokes and all this sort yeah. of stuff and i'm like it's very similar to kind of the music experience but it's also very different in a lot of ways right and so you were a musician once and then you you know you're doing photography and for me you took a lot of pictures of me in yep. the musical <laughs> aspect right live yep, shows yep. and and the like and as a matter of fact i think you helped me when i was producing this the tv show, show oh, here yeah, initially yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. uh i had not powerful enough lights and we needed to end up by borrowing <laughs> yeah. your lights um which is how we first met and then we seemed to run into into each other across yeah. the country everywhere at random <laughs> spots <laughs> yeah, the, thought, the world is so big but so small yeah, it's crazy I thought, I thought it was chicago but i guess it was actually at the, the airport mm -hmm. here um but uh, but i'm very interested in that process and then what that jump is like and then kind of what the beginning of doing that like getting into comedy at first is is like so um i guess we'll start kind of with with the comedy part of it okay and then we'll maybe go to uh the photography joke, right? okay cool right because it the, the way it relates i think right, it, right, is, right. is kind of important so how did you well one did you always want to do stand-up comedy or is this um, something kind of new well i kind of got it from my dad my dad's a jokester he loves to joke around anytime he's ever met somebody he's always telling a joke right off the bat so i kind of get a good sense of humor from him and not kind of i do get a good sense of humor from yeah. him and um you know when i'm doing photo shoots it's like i i'm constantly interacting with people making people laugh during mm. the shoots and making them smile so it's kind of a natural thing that i like to do already so um I, wanted, I, I just scare them if I'm taking pictures of that. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to challenge myself and um, see if I could actually do it. Because I was one of those things where I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm funny, but, you know, 
you know, there's people that are just naturally funny that'll have a room cracking yeah. up, and you know what I'm saying. But I've never been one of those. I mean, I've had people laugh, but like when I was super naturally funny, I just really, I can't say I was one of those people. But um, when I challenged myself and really started learning about comedy and how joke structure works and how to work a crowd, and I took uh, Yolanda Joel's comedy class, and that helped me oh, out did a, you? a million times. Is yeah, that I took who, it twice? Actually. I don't know the who's that. Yeah, so Yolanda Smiles and Joel James, uh, they're Rochester legends, but they travel all over the nation doing comedy. Comedy, um, both oh, been awesome. on um, TV with comedy specials. Joel James was on The Heart of the City, which was on Comedy Central. Yolanda tours all over the nation, does shows in Vegas, and and oh, they're awesome. they're really solidified in, in what in this comedy world. So, um, man, you know it's it's funny too because uh, you know I moved up from Queens to Rochester. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that twenty years ago now? Um, but but the longer I live here in rochester the more i hear about like all the history of of the arts a lot of history that man. came out here like tweet you know tweet the, yeah, the artist. Of course, i yeah. didn't know she was like I, you know how many times i listened to that song in Bro, queens like do you know rocking out to that and not be, knowing the meaning of the song first <laughs> firstly but then but then i got the meaning Bro, do you know that not just tweet but it tweet jodeci timberland missy uh stevie hmm. j i mean there's a lot of people that actually were here in rochester and recorded in rochester they used to, they used to have a studio called dejalon studios uh big shout out to grand tone um my big bro grand tone because he used to run dejalon but huh. um yeah they used to have all those artists here recording it's like a little well, you know. what's funny too the sweatshirt that you have on there the comedy at the cars oh yeah Carson, that's my right? home club so the last tour is on actually that posters for it i was down in memphis at uh sun studios which is where like mm-hmm. elvis recorded his first song right and ended up apple juice <laughs> that's right thank you to seed and stone <laughs> nice for sponsoring juice. thank you sponsoring the episode um but uh i'm gonna take a sip too mm-hmm um, so when I went down there, I recorded a, a bunch of songs, which that album is going to be coming out soon. I'm going to put that out as an EP. But um, the microphone that Elvis used to record that first ever song in Sun Studios that they put out, It's All Right, um, was that microphone that was made here in Rochester. Oh, the, the uh, yeah. That this one. microphone. Yep. And so they had it there in the... You know, in the studio there, like the original microphone that That's he crazy. used, and the mark on the floor, like where him. And I asked him, "Oh, like where? You know, what's up with the microphone?" He's like, "Oh, yeah, it doesn't work. They were made in." And he mentioned Rochester. It's like, where I'm coming from is Rochester, New York. Um, so that, uh, but there's so many like different, uh, different people and artists and stuff that came out of here that that you never I mean, would have. People don't even know Champion came from um rochester i remember uh, champion. that's big did. now back in the day that was like that was like kmart walmart right, stuff right. i used to, champion work, I used to was rock huge. some champion champion <laughs> um B, another big brand uh that a lot of people don't know psd psd huh. underwear was actually started in rochester <laughs> it's like a huge huge brand among celebrities right yeah, now yeah. oh um, really yeah big shout out to ryan and kurt i used to uh work with them on their um their ground stages of their company when they were here in rochester treating huh. their marketing material for them they're out in la now but you know big shout out to them because they got that company boom right now what do you think it is like do you think it's so i I noticed there you know i come from from new york city and obviously there's a lot of competition around Mm -hmm. you know stuff there right so there's constantly this like like drive to be kind of to stand out amongst the crowd Mm -hmm. like i almost feel like that's here even though it's a smaller city you know there's that like everyone's kind of doing stuff oh yeah um, definitely do man. you think that drives it or do you think there's something else maybe it's in the water maybe kodak i don't know i feel like drop some stuff in the with, water make i feel it. like sometimes with rochester <laughs> stuff it gets overlooked because it's like a lot of people don't know all this great stuff was done here mm-hmm. in rochester so it's like i feel like a lot of our accomplishments aren't really really talked about how they should be you know yeah. to showcase the city and and it's in its real light because there's so many talented people here so many things that you know frederick douglas and susan b anthony and xerox kodak and just monumental things yeah. that you know have affected the world and it's like let give rochester our credit man <laughs> instead of just saying <laughs> that we're just well, a horrible city <laughs> well that's what we're doing now yeah i think i think that's everyone that grows up though in their hometown yeah. like they they tend to like shit and shit on their own city a little yeah. bit you know what i mean where where it's like even in queens like people are you know always shit on on queens or whatever yeah. but then you move out and you realize one that all this cool it's stuff was happening was, there yeah. and then everyone moving to the city is like you don't see how great this is like i talk to rochester people all the time and i'm like do you know do you really realize like how much like great stuff is happening here yeah, man. um 
you know, and there's some obviously like, the competition can can breed some resentment towards people that are doing well if you know people yeah. are just getting started or whatever. Um, but how did you get into then? Um, so your dad is funny. Yeah, right. And, and funny. I, I understand what you're saying about people like there's naturally funny people like Chris yeah. Farley and just people, and the that, people are just that will have you cracking up. Like I mean, we all have that friend <clears> that's just like extremely extremely funny. But the funny thing about that is you can be extremely funny, but then it might not translate on stage either. Right. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm so funny. I make all these people laugh and get on stage and can't get one laugh. So what what, what was the first? Did you do an open mic first? Oh yeah, definitely open mic is the um, first thing. Where whereabouts? Uh, was firehouse no. Was it Firehouse? Did you ever do the Love and, Love and Cup, too? I did Love and Cup one time. Yeah. Um, I did a show at Love and Cup. I never really did too many mics there. Actually, I think my first mic was Rosencrown. Rosencrown mic. Huh. And then after that, then I went to Love Was it a strictly comedy open yeah, mic? Yeah, strictly comedy. Yep. Have you ever done the combo music and... Yeah, I, I used to run a mic. I used to run up a mic, and it was a combination of music and comedy. Yeah. So yeah, I've done it both, just because it also helps with the crowd getting. Because sometimes you can get people that might not want to hear comedy, but they want to hear music yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Well, so. that's what I always I always admire because I do a lot of open mics. I just like going and seeing people get up there for the first time if they haven't mm-hmm. you know played music or whatever. I don't know why I love that so much. Just seeing them be like in because they you could tell that they've wanted to do it for so long and they get up there. A lot of times they're so nervous mm-hmm. that it, it's terrible whatever they but do it's such a great but feeling after you complete it yeah like i always give them praise like oh that was great like you know come back and do it again because you know the second third fourth mm-hmm. time they're going to be significantly better because right. they're going to be comfortable up there um i really get a lot of like joy from watching yeah, watching it's, people it's do that and then seeing how people can grow too as well it's yeah. just really cool and you you run an open mic here too yeah so right? i run so. an open mic on wednesdays uh so we treat it more like a show than we do open mic but it's at rock cinema uh, that's like on South Goodman and Clinton. That's right across the street from the Angry Goat. But uh, it's every Wednesday around eight thirty. Um, have a that's comic- the place that has like a bar. You can buy yeah. booze and yep. stuff it's in a there bar. too. It has a bar, food, uh, a cool, and everything cool in there. I mean, it's, it's an amazing spot. Um, my comedy team is called the Basement. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we switch. Oh, you have a whole team. Yeah, so we switch hosts every week. So you make sure you get a fresh new host each week, and. Um, you know, we're constantly promoting to bring in a good crowd because one of the most important things I feel like is being able to perform in front of a crowd mm. if you're a comic, you know, not just comedians because a lot of open mics are just comedians. So I work hard at trying my best to make sure we have people to be there for the comics and so they can really work on material. And then I'll record uh, sets for comics so they can go back and watch and watch, the, it. watch it and, and get better and do what they have to do to, to get better at the craft. I do that too. I, I always record myself because you find yourself doing certain things. Even on this, you know, she'll... She'll yell at me when I'm on camera if I have my, my, my hands in the way or whatever. But if you watch yourself, you know, you're fidgeting or whatever. Right. Something You're doing something that's distracting. Um, you know, not only the material, obviously, you want, you know, you want to kind of hone that part of the, the act or what, what you're doing. Um, but all of it, like how you're standing probably means a lot when you're delivering a joke and standing, all that. Standing, looking... All of that because if you're not confident, the audience is going to translate to the audience. Yeah, uncomfortableness can, but in comedy, uncomfortableness can work. It can if that is your vibe. You know, everybody. The thing about comedy is, I look at comedy as like, like kung fu. Like, you know, there's a lot of different styles of Kung Fu, you know what I'm saying? But it's all about you know, you knowing your discipline of Kung Fu and how you how you you know perform it or fight with it. You know, when we get on stage, it's like, you know. You're using your form of kung fu to see what you, how you can attack the crowd. You know right, what I'm right. saying? So it's like you know, it's different people are amazing at different form of different disciplines. So that's just how that's just kind of like my own little thought process process on it. So when you went to go, she so said Rosencrown. Rosencrown was one of the first mics I did. The first yeah. one. How did you do? Did you bomb at that, or was um, it so so? I did so so. Like I can't say like I've never. Re- I bombed, of course, but you know. I've always got some laughs, you know, mm-hmm. like I, even if I did bomb, it was I got I did get some laughs, but, you know, maybe I didn't get laughs through my whole set. But um, it's Do been pretty. I mean, I, I cannot complain about my comedy career, my comedy journey, maybe because I'm just a straight positive thinking person. You know, life you are, is you pretty so positive. Yeah. Different people look at things in different ways. But Sometimes if I want to be moody, I got to mute you on, on <laughs> Facebook so that I don't, I don't get too, too positive. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a musician, like, yeah, Chris. I, so I have to. You know, I already said, understand. I have to get into the darkness sometimes. Yeah. You know, most comedians no, I don't do mute, too. I don't mute you, but um, <laughs> it's just like so. It's just like one of those things for me that it's just like I just try to look at the positive perspective of things. If 
I don't do well, I try to learn and then I'll come back. Because I'm one of those type of people, if I, if I do have a bad night, I'm ready to come back the next night and prove to myself that I can do better. Yeah. Do you, do you tend, like if a, a joke you do kind of doesn't land appropriately do you go back and work on it oh yeah or do you gotta, say gotta, i'm gotta gonna scrap that and it just depends on how bad it goes you know if you can get it's like some jokes you know you might not land the first time but it'll have legs like you can see like okay if i maybe change a couple words take these couple words out then mm-hmm. it might work yeah you know and then some jokes it's just like no that shit sucks i'm not gonna do it anymore <laughs> um yeah so I've, it just really just depends i've heard that that's kind of like you have to work it out on stage because you could be thinking in your head as you're writing the joke right oh this is gonna be this is gonna be great and then you oh, go man. deliver it to to a crowd and no one no one <laughs> that reacts is so, to it's it. so funny because you'll be you'll write a joke and then you'll deliver it as the you know how you see it delivered and you'll say the punchline and you'll look around like <laughs> okay they didn't laugh at this <laughs> shit <laughs> you gotta keep going and then they'll mess around and laugh at something that you didn't even intend them to laugh at so it's yeah. like it's like picking out those little things like okay they didn't laugh at this but they laughed at that so let me take this part out put this first and, huh. and rearrange it to make it actually work so how many so it's interesting because you have to kind of change it every single time and sometimes did you ever change a joke and then it's wor- it ends up worse than the first time you did it um yeah, I can say I've All done right. that before. Or you change a joke and then it works, and then it never works again. <laughs> that happened. That happened a couple of times. But oh, that shit crushed. And then that you keep be, doing it. It's like okay, it's not crushing like it that, used to. That can be the same with music, though. So sometimes I've learned now you got to play to your audience, to, to the audience, mm-hmm. right? And, and unless you're in a stadium where you know everyone's bought tickets just to hear your hits or whatever you're playing mostly to people that maybe have not heard you before um you're kind of you know you gotta you gotta come off come off one strong um but you've got to read the room have to read the room and feel what's happening um because i've played you know a song that i i just wrote and i'm super happy about it i go to an open mic and just the mood in the room is different than what i'm doing and it's just it ends up no one's reacting to it or anything like that and i like similar to like an open mic where you're going to to somewhere maybe no one knows your comedy or whatever um going to an open mic where people are eating and stuff and drinking and whatever and maybe they're not prepared to be paying attention to a show Mm -hmm. and my thought on it and this is kind of a tip for songwriters and comedians and what Mm -hmm. have you um is that if you can get the people that have no intention of paying attention to you to pay attention to what you're doing on stage, if they're like they're looking like they're fighting everything to mm-hmm. not look at you, <laughs> you know they're trying their hardest not to not to react. If you can get them on your side, and it's, then it's you know gravy. the material is good. You know, oh what I mean? man, that's that's the most important thing is when, especially as being a performer. Period, is grabbing the audience's attention. Yeah. If you can't grab the audience's attention, then you're in deep water. But um, I feel like that's even more important for a comedian because if you don't have, you know, with 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 music, you have the beat, you have different different elements that can really, you know, help push what's the vibe of the room. It's like they don't necessarily have to even be looking at you. You know, they can be just vibing. You know, yeah. and with comedy is different because it's I just, look at people's feet sometimes <laughs> if they're tapping their foot, even if they're not yeah, paying attention. It shows that they are still paying attention in a sense. With comedy, it's like you're up there by yourself. It's no music. It's no nothing. If you don't say the right things, then it's not going to go good. Yeah. So. Um, in those situations, like when you were just talking about when somebody's just sitting there eating or you have to grab the audience attention, you know, first of all, first, I might say something like, uh, you know, how you guys doing tonight? Who's is this your first time? It, Making some noise if this is your first time here. Yeah. Now they gotta they gotta clap and, yeah, and get pay, kind of into right, it. You know what I'm saying? Is it if this your first time seeing me? Let me hear you make some noise. You know, the clap. Then you might go into a little crowd because one thing that with comedy is you have to prove that you're funny to bring to draw them in. So sometimes I'll before I get on stage, if I'm especially if I'm in a new venue, I'll look at what's going on in the venue, how the venue looks or the surrounding area of you know where the comedy show is and as soon as I get on stage I'll try to say something relatable to that to connect with the crowd and the crowd is like oh he made a joke off his head that's yeah. funny and we all can look around and relate to that because I can look and actually see that yeah. then they're like okay well let me hear what else he has to say and then you kind of from there kind of go into your jokes and then people are interested in hearing your jokes because you just did something that they weren't expecting off the top of your head and now you're in 
into your set now you got their attention yeah so that's kind of how like i approach it when i'm trying to capture the crowds audience or capture the, the crowds um attention straight crowd work first and then i'll go into my material hmm. yeah crowd work even with with music i've learned now though if if i've got a a show where everyone is coming specifically to see us right where i've got a crowd full of like people have seen us before familiar with my my material all that kind of thing um i tend to not do much crowd stuff with with when it comes mm -hmm. to music i tend to do just song after song after song and then we have a planned kind of part of the song where we'll promote the next show or the right. album or hey there's the merch table all that right. kind of stuff right <clears throat> um but if i'm in a in, i'm in a new room with different people especially on a tour or something i tend to do the same thing i try and get them to engage with me on stage mm -hmm. first and then i'll play something that's gonna like work with them mm -hmm. when you write material like how does how do you how does that come to you is it like a like an inspiration in a moment where you experience something and you're like you know what this is a funny a funny my thing mater on my material comes to me usually spontaneously i like to keep it organic with when I, how i write because for me personally i mean i try to sit down and write but anytime i try to sit down and write i can't write it's hard it's like I'll be I'll sit down and I'll be like, fuck, what should I write? Can I cuss on <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll be yeah. like, fuck, what should I write about? I don't I, I always say yes to that and I know I know YouTube is just tanking yeah, our, yeah, so I'll try not to curse too much. No, I'm no, sorry. That's fine. But I'll try to figure it's like I'll sit down and I'll and I can't figure out what I want to write about first because I have so many ideas in my brain. Mm. So a lot of times when I get ideas and I start to write, it's because something hit me spontaneously or i'm in a situation where i'm like oh that's funny let me write that down and then as i write it down i might get another idea and then i'll just kind of like kind of start writing that way so um a lot of things that i come with are more like organic on the spot just kind of like oh somebody said this it triggered this in my brain when we think this or i'll be in the yeah. shower and i'll just think <laughs> of something and i have to hop out the shower real quick right. butt naked get my phone <laughs> get write it down real quick so i don't forget um stuff like that and then um later on i'll go back i can then i can later on i can go back look at it try to add some tags do you find do you stage. find that it's like usually about the situation you're in or do you feel like it's typically just something you're like like you have this internal dialogue that's happening that kind of comes mm, out i think it's, i think it's a little bit of both you know because then it's like the situations are what make things relatable like because you know you a lot of times you'll be like you'll go through a situation and you'll be like i wonder if anybody else been through something like that mm. and most likely they have you know so it's like those situations are can like different situations can make great jokes because they're relatable you know and then sometimes i have that inner dialogue where i'll be thinking to myself okay you know this could be funny you know let me how can i make this funny um even if it's not a situation that happened to me but it's a funny topic a funny situation i'll try to see if i can spin it and make it funny or yeah. or something like that but then it all comes with, with getting on stage that's why open mics are so important because you can think something is hilarious and get on stage and it does not connect i, I always like admire like i said at the open mics the the, the comedians that'll come to a mainly music open mic because sometimes i know you said that like oh that'd be that's good in some instances and I think that's maybe because you ran the open mic, right? You're thinking about that. When I've seen comedians trying to get up uh, at an open mic that's primarily music, and they just get up and they're the only comedian in the entire like lineup, sometimes it it bombs not because the material is because the people aren't there for comedy. Yeah, they're not like prepared. But do you know what? To though? be in a comedy show, this might sound weird. I like those situations, right? Well, that's what I'm saying because is that. If you get I have up so there, much respect for it, I right. feel like you learn probably a lot. Not just it. that, but it's like you said, the people aren't prepared for comedy. So if you can get up there and make them laugh, it's like, okay, I have something. You know, yeah. when you go to comedy clubs and stuff like that, people are coming prepared to laugh. You know what I'm saying? They're ready to laugh. They're, they might give you a pass a little bit because it's like, okay, I'm here to laugh. Okay, oh, that was kind of funny. But if the situations like that where people are like, why is he getting on stage i, yeah. I want to hear <laughs> yeah. the next track i don't want to hear any jokes and then you get on stage and like oh he's funny yeah that's i feel like that's um it's almost i more, get joy from that yeah it's more validating almost yes. that that the material is good if a hundred percent like for example i was in this competition it was a big shout out to my boy finesse and uh, mad bread they had a competition called the headliner competition and it was a music competition where they were trying to figure out who the next music headliner was but i went and auditioned and i did comedy and 
it was like you know you had when i went to the the show they had all these music acts going up first and i had to switch it and do comedy right there like you know people weren't even prepared for that but i did really well so it was like one of those things where i felt very good about myself because i'm like wow yeah. if i'm able to, to do this here then i feel like i can go for yeah fire i've heard this. i've heard a lot of comedians talk about too like if they're um you know and i don't know if you're you're headlining shows or doing that sort of thing right now not yet but i still got they, a lot to learn as they have like you know as they grow an audience and they have a, a headlining um set some comedians get really entrenched in their own audience and not not like getting new mm-hmm. fans so to speak so they always play to the people that they know are going to laugh and they never build new material so their material tends to not be as good as people that always play to room brand new rooms of people you know brand new cities all that sort of thing because you have to constantly be working on how can mm-hmm. this be more ubiquitous across you know i think it's i think you know in my opinion, with that, I think with with especially with comedy, when you're first starting off, you kind of have to like kind of try to play to different rooms to see it's kind of develop your style of comedy. But then when you develop your style of comedy and certain things that you know that you want to talk about, then it's like like you said, you do you build your fan base around those certain things. So then people really aren't I don't want to say people, but then comedians I think just continue to play off their style of comedy and they, right. you know. It's like yeah, that's what like distill it down right, to like you know the, what I'm saying. It's like well, these are my fans. This is what I'm, you know, doing. I'm doing my kind. I'm doing my my style of comedy. It's not necessarily that they're playing to their their fans. It's just like that's just them as a person, you know. Yeah. And the people and their fans are what relate to them, you know. So I think that's you know that's just kind of when people get bigger in comedy and they find they find their voice. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. When you find your voice and what you really want to talk about, because each comedian you have political comedians, then you have comedians that tell just tell stories about their life then you have comedians that just say silly one-liners so it's just really fine I, I only do dad jokes that's, that's <laughs> you it. have dad jokes people that do, do that so it's, it's really you know, it. you can play to a crowd that of dads I look, you know? I look up i look them up on the internet first and then I so do. it's really just figuring out <laughs> what you want your style to be and then that'll determine what your audience what's is. well what's your style Chris? you know what that's you that's that? i feel like that's a that's a very interesting question for me when it comes to my comedy would you say it's like situational? I'm so, I, or like, I think me personally, I'm so new in comedy. I, I really am a student in comedy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm so new in it. Like, I'm only a year and a half. Even though I'm doing amazing and, you know, I'm traveling, I'm still doing shows. And, you know, I might be doing a little bit better than somebody else that started uh, for a year and a half. But I'm still trying to find my my voice in comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out, like, what is it that, what is it going to be that, you know, it's going to be the things that I talk about mostly. What are going to be the things that, that I'm going to be, you know, what's going to be passionate to me to really talk about and try to relay a message. Because with comedy, comedy is not just about making people laugh. It's about really trying to relay some kind of message. If any of the great comedians that, that have been, you know, a part of the, the comedy industry you know they all even though they're funny they all somehow relay a certain message in their comedy and i think that's what makes them great so that's what mm-hmm. i have to you know i have time but that's kind of like what i'm trying what i'm growing into now my my material um you know is special because i can talk about being a photographer from a photographer a photographer's perspective because a lot of people aren't comedians and photographers so you know that's kind of like something that's unique to me and my material but i like to talk about all different kinds of things silly things things that inspire me sex women photography sports uh silly stuff like fucking ghosts i don't know i yeah. just thought to talk about anything that comes <laughs> fucking, to you said fucking a ghost yeah it's called spectrophilia <laughs> i have a whole joke about that and uh because <laughs> i had i read an article about it and it interested me i'm like okay i'm gonna write a joke about it um it's one of my favorite jokes too so um it's just one of those things that it's like me personally right now i'm just writing about any and everything that just comes to my mind that i think might be funny and i'm just hope you know just finding my voice and i'm just going to keep working until i figure out so i know you're saying you're kind of new to it but you did take a course i'm assuming you know like parts of a joke and and with regards to like songwriting you know there's there's a a simple kind of format to stuff um that generally will get you a song you know verse court well intro verse chorus verse chorus Mm -hmm. bridge chorus outro right um and then of course you can make that more complicated yep. or just go free you know free balling it is that, a, uh, is that a way to call it um so like what are if I, with I comedy not- you have setup premise punch setup premise punchline hmm. so 
you have your setup for your joke, then you have your premise, and then you have the punchline of what makes the actual joke funny. And do, do you think that like, so because I've tried to I've tried to uh, analyze like how jokes. I don't really know the art of comedy, and and I don't think I'm very funny. <laughs> Honestly, bro, it's think, really but, like, have you ever laughed at something and you'd be like, I don't know why I laughed at that, but yeah. it just was like, you, you listen to a comedian and you're like, ah, ha, ha, that's funny. But I don't know why I laughed at that. Yeah. It's just, it's because it just, it's the structure of how it was told and it just does something to your brain that just makes you laugh. It's weird. Yeah, and well, that's what I was going to ask. Is it like always, cause I feel like it's the surprise. Like it's not it's the element of surprise. It's the turn. What you're, yeah. It's expecting. the turn. So it's like. Um, you know, I got a joke where I'm like, uh, I had a photo shoot with a family that had a deaf in the family. They came in and, you know, they were just acting real ghetto. They just, you know, they wanted me to do a family portrait with their loved one in the sky. The dad, the picture they gave me, the dad was looking down on the family like he was looking disappointed. It was crazy. <laughs> so, you know, I did the photo shoot for him. The little girl, she was acting really disrespectful. You know, she had her phone out. She's doing TikTok. She wouldn't cooperate. I'm like, let's smile. Let's get this photo. She's like, I don't care about none of that. You ain't my dad. It's Crip Gang over here. Crip, 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 Crip. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, hold on. This is my studio. I don't want to hear about none of that Crip stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I'm going to never do that because I'm a professional. But the aunt reaches over and punches her in her head. Bow. And <laughs> I'm standing there like, oh, shoot. And then the aunt goes, it's a blood family. I don't want to hear about none of that Crip stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> That's this a is a blood family with a Crip orphan in my studio. What is going on? So now they start fighting. They start knocking over things in my studio. And I finally get them to stop. They're looking at me and I'm looking at them. And I'm just like, you guys are totally acting out of character for a white family. I'm just... <laughs> So, but that's the turn. Yeah, you know, the yeah. whole time you're thinking, okay, this is a ghetto black family. Da, 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 but then <laughs> right. the turn at the end is it's a white family. So <laughs> that's the thing about comedy is trying to find a nice angle to actually make your audience, you're, you know, you captivate them with the story. And then at the very last minute, boom, you hit them with something that they're yeah. not expecting. Huh. Now how, so, so how long did it take you to kind of write your first like really structured, you know, joke was that kind of uh, uh like after you took your course or did you have to do that um, during the course that you were taking like, yeah where you so had the, to write course, the course the course taught us a lot of that i also got this book called the comedy You're bible to take yeah i'm gonna get some more apple juice too <laughs> <laughs> some more apple cider um, um what was the name of so it? uh the comedy bible so i got a book called the comedy bible because a lot of my mentors re uh suggested that i get the book and, and read it so that taught me a lot about joke structure and then when i took yolanda and joel's class it put it more into perspective because then now you have somebody that's there that can show you firsthand and how it works hmm. um also watching this youtube the dude name is jerry corley uh, they call him the dope the joke doctor he he has uh, some amazing amazing videos on joke structure um laughter triggers and things that can help you um with your joke writing so hmm. i watched a lot of him took a lot of notes and i'm a student of comedy it's like once you understand joke structure then you can watch comics and pick out how they're they're structuring their jokes you know as a as a, as a practice like okay yeah. that's their setup that's the premise okay that's how they delivered the punchline and then that can kind of give you an idea of how to set your jokes up you know you don't you never want to copy or steal a joke but you can kind of see how people have gone into jokes and you know you know kind of not not mimic it but you know understand how to put it into your own style to make it work for yeah. yourself do, do you feel like so so as a musician, sometimes, and I, f I heard someone, uh, I forget who the musician was, it was a very famous musician, um, that said, basically, um, when they go to watch another musician play or a show or whatever, a lot of the times you're thinking, I could do that, or I could do that better, or something like that, right? And mm -hmm. he actually made this comment one time, he was watching a video of, of his own performance on YouTube, and it was from like a couple of years prior or something. Um, and he's, he caught himself thinking to himself, I could do it better than, than that guy. <laughs> like the current him could do it better than right. the old version. So sometimes I'll go out to concerts or whatever. And, and as a musician, I'm thinking like on stage, like, like I, ca I almost like can't get into it um, because I'm thinking about all the technical aspects of like what the stage looks like, mm -hmm. what they're doing on stage, like how the songs are structured, why people are getting into it. Like, do you think that by studying it and kind of learning the technical aspects of comedy, like you've, you've gotten 
like you've you've lost the ability to kind of watch comedy without uh, being uh, conscious man, of it. I cannot watch comedy without analyzing yeah. it. It's hard to to watch comedy now and just be a fan because it's I'm now I'm in it and I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I'm looking at it from a perspective of like. Why is he delivering it that way? Why did he say this word instead of that word? Why did he take a pause right there? Why did, you know, it's it's like yeah. a, because all of that really matters. It really does. And then it's like when you start touring with diff- different comedians and, you know, because sometimes you could watch an act and you'd be like, wow, it just seemed like he just talked to the crowd the whole time. It just seemed like he just was coming off the top of his head. And then you'll go to the next show, and he does the same show the same, the same exact, exact way. way. And you're like, oh, okay. The, what he's doing is really calculated. It's not that he's, you know, just talking to the crowd. It's just that he's developed his act in a way where he knows exactly what's going to hit, where he's comfortable enough to make it into a conversation. Because that's really what I feel like comedy is best when it's in conversational form. Yeah. Because then it kind of catches people off guard. It gets you like, okay, I, you know, we're just talking. Oh. Oh, punchline. I forgot this was a comedy show. Yeah. You know, then you, you start to laugh and so. Yeah, it's a skill to make it like so comfortable it's a, it is that a it skill, doesn't. Man. Yeah, and and I think that's the same with like writing writing music and writing songs, like getting people to kind of forget that they're watching. I almost like it more, like I said, when when someone's tapping their foot in the background cuz I could tell that they're they're actually listening to what's happening versus yeah, you have some people that are watching it or whatever and you can tell they're kind of like getting into mm-hmm. it cuz they're trying to be polite almost with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With I need to be paying attention 100% of the time to, to what's happening. Um, but I feel like almost being background music sometimes is is almost more fun than being like right out in front. Um, maybe I'll do a set at your next uh, Yeah, come through, man. Comedy. Come try it out. <laughs> I think come I did, to the stage. Yeah, I, my think boy I, back. I think I had one show. When was it? It was around like... Maybe around Halloween or no St. Patrick's Day, and in my set, in between each song, I mix like dad jokes in between That's each, cool. each song or whatever. Just playing go? around with it actually went all right. Like by yeah. the end, people kind of knew that it was like tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? That I wasn't really uh, trying right. to Just get having people fun, having yeah, fun with it. Yeah. Stupid jokes that didn't weren't really funny, but it was funny because they're dad jokes, right? Because yeah. they're dad jokes, and, I, and and I'm not a comedian or whatever. So, um, but but let's talk also about. Your photography, because yes. I can, I can, I can see that that's probably a similar. And you have this problem that I have, where mm-hmm. you you like being creative in yeah. all these different sorts of ways, right? <laughs> so you like get to something, and you're probably naturally good at stuff. I can tell. Yes, you're yeah. kind of naturally somewhat good, and then you start you start learning it, and then people are like, "Why is he so freaking good at all this stuff?" Uh, naturally and whatever, and, and they get yeah. mad at you, and then it, it then you have happen, to you know right? you know hide the bodies and all that kind of thing but like <laughs> no no but you were like no, dude, originally yeah. that's kind of how we met yeah so like i said you know you you had lent some lights for a, a, a production mm-hmm. that i was doing because i had gotten into film and i talked about this with uh was it the last episode with sully about going and doing rit student films so that i can get an education on like how all this stuff works mm-hmm. like with lighting and the camera angles and what you know how to do like three three cameras and all that stuff for TV. Um, but uh, like photography and, and, and film and stuff, there's a lot of technical aspects to it um, that you have to learn. Yeah. So how did you originally get into photography and doing that um, as a one as a business? And I would assume probably just for the fun of it, right? It was just the so, aesthetics of like. So photography a- started for me um, in Akron, Ohio. Um, that's where I'm originally. I'm, orig- I'm from Cleveland, but I was living in Akron before I moved to Rochester. And me and my frat brothers, shout out to Corey uh, Amos and my boy Eric Clark. We had a company called Frontwork Entertainment in Ohio. And we had models and um, it was a promotional company. So we promoted, you know, the club, different clubs and uh, with models and, you know, bottle girls and stuff like that. So we had a photographer that we worked with at the time. The photographer just was doing some really unprofessional things with our models. Mm-hmm. So we had to stop working with him. And... Um, we weren't paying him much, so it's like we didn't. We were kind of a broke company, <laughs> yeah. So we didn't have money to pay another photographer, and I played around with it at a couple of shoots. So I just was like, I'm gonna try it out and just see, you know, if I can just hold this down for us until we can find another photographer. And <laughs> I ended up loving it. Um, and then when I moved to Rochester in two, and this was in like 2007. And then when I moved to Rochester in 2009. 
I was trying to find a job within my major, which is psychology. I got a bachelor's degree in psychology from oh, Hampton. Shit. Maybe that's why you're a comedian. Uh-huh. <laughs> Possibly. So, uh, so I couldn't find a job within my major, and I was like, man, well, let me see what I could do with this photography thing. I'm already was already kind of doing it out here as a hobby, and people were inquiring about my services so um i was working at sutherland at the time and my mom i told my mom i said yo it's hard for me to book shoots because people are always constantly asking me to shoot but i'm always at work Hmm. and she said well son you can always go back to sutherland why don't you see what you can do with photography if you take it seriously i will make sure that you're you're good until you reach a level where you can take care of yourself and we're getting that. That's um, unbelievable. Right. And shout we, out to your mom. Yo, my mom, yeah. you know, for, <laughs> shout out to my mom for believing in me. She's always had my back 100%. And been yeah, one of I'll my biggest that, supporters. That's, that's and, um, sometimes few and far between. Yeah. You know, that's, your that's, parents that's, being like, you know, I'm going to do this crazy thing I'm about to do that makes no sense to anyone else. Nah, that's a fact. You know, but and they you know what? I think with my mom also, I've, I've had a good track record of Following when I put through. my mind to something, I do it. Mm. So I think she kind of was like, you know. If he could totally focus on doing this, then he can be successful. And she, you know, gave me that. She gave she gave me that as a gift, and I didn't look mm-hmm. back. And because of that, you know, I've been able to build what I have today. And you know, like I said, big shout out to my mom believing in me because that's helped me build a very successful career in photography. Hmm. So, so then you moved from Akron. Now mm-hmm. to Rochester. Yep, and that's again we we met there. But then I had you come out and do some photography yep, yep, for yep. I think a fringe show. Um, Couple different things. Else. Yeah, I need to actually get some new new photos. Here. I got been, you, bro. We've been kind of talking back and forth for <laughs> yep. a year about doing that, but we're both busy, so right, I know right, right. I, there's no. Uh, I'm still planning on doing that because you're a great <laughs> photographer. But um, but you started doing that, and then now you have your studio here, which why don't yep. we, we might as well shout out that uh, too, 250 so. Cumberland Suite 246. Uh, that's where my loca- uh, my studio is located. It's the old post office building in Rochester. Um, if anybody wants to follow me or check out some of my work, you can check me out on Instagram at i underscore am underscore good news and the good news is actually spelled g-o-o-d-k-n-e-w-s and the reason there's a k in the good news is because um my fraternity i'm a member of what's called kappa kappa alpha Psi fraternity incorporated i'm a kappa and my older bruh or one of my big bros gave me the name good news because i'm a real positive person he used to i used to always be talking about positive things and this is back in like 2006 2007 in in ohio um i always be talking about positive things yeah not a lot of positive um, people in ohio (laughs) especially in cleveland but don't worry i'm from queens same thing in queens he kind of would say it as a joke like (laughs) uh, and and like a smart ass joke like oh here comes good brother good news or good good brother good news is coming around again because when you address somebody in a fraternity you say good like my last name is cardwell you would say good brother cardwell or good brother you know whatever so he um he just started saying here's good brother good news but then he started saying it around you know different people that weren't in that fraternity girls and stuff like that and he just started thinking my name was good news yeah so it kind of just stuck and i never thought that nickname would stick but it just kind of stuck and then when i was trying to think of a name for my photography company i went through so many different nicknames i mean so many different names for my business and i just was like you know what I'm gonna call it good news photography because that's who I am. I'm I am good news. Yeah. So um that's kind of where I came. That's why I named it good news photography from the beginning, but that's how I got the actual name. And I will say so for for you know uh, portrait photography and and you know headshots and and full body stuff and the the fashion stuff mm-hmm. you're you're awesome i haven't seen you do a lot of i haven't or at least i haven't seen your your work with regards to like if you do any like you know out in the world oh, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. landscape I, I, I type do, of stuff uh, i or, do all types of landscape also not just landscape but um, like business lifestyle, photography lifestyle type yeah. shot like type shoots um i do pretty much everything anything that d- involves creative imagery that's pretty much uh well you're definitely you. you're super talented at that. and i appreciate it man. i've tried to do the photography thing I, i'm all right i guess like but the the lighting as you could tell today when 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 you showed you up Chris, kind of struggle. It yeah it's, it's still a work in progress but and, where that that last episode i had my daughter uh managing the cameras because because ali was sick so we had i didn't notice but the camera was like up almost to the ceiling oh. and so i apologize for the last episode the main camera angle uh it was a little weird but but it was my 13 year old daughter so, so <laughs> oh give her a break she's don't 13 give me any shit, yeah. right? no. i'll never miss another episode <laughs> <laughs> but i think I, like, i'm hoping again. i'm hoping we're getting getting it down to the science and i think like you 
from doing it over and over and over again, looking and being like, oh, this this probably, you know, I, I'm going to do this different the it's next all about time. The reps, and, man. Yeah, and doing, the reps. doing things a, a few thousand times, eventually you kind of get the hang of it. You get it. I mean, it, when you put the reps in, I mean, you're going to figure it out because it's like you're constantly doing, you're constantly, as long as you're ch- evolving with it as well, you know, mm-hmm. looking at what you could do better, change it, do it again. And uh, one of my sayings that I created is I say confidence and consistency. Mm. That's some keys to success. You stay confident in what you're doing. You stay consistent at it, and there's no way that you won't be successful at it. So, where that's another positive message from Good News, Chris. Good News, <laughs> but but where do you get that from? Was that a conscious decision to to think like that? Because I remember I got it from my dad, honestly. So from the time the you mindset. Were, so not you was know, it something where you were originally like you you had some negative commentary or something? Not even would, not even that. Like I always been like a very nice person in my life, but um, I would say my dad helped put things in perspective for me, and maybe around. 2007 2008 because he introduced me to something was called the secret now my dad has been practicing the secret for years but um he introduced me to it around this time and it's just really the the secret explains how to think positive but not only think positive why thinking positive attracts different things to you in different ways and how when you don't think positive you track negative things to you and why you don't want to say certain things and talk certain ways and do certain things because it can it can attract a negative lifestyle so you know i refer anybody because this is exactly how i live my life and i swear since i've learned the secret and i've applied it to my life um it really has changed the dynamic of my success i would go i would suggest anybody just go watch it you know and it's really a basic it's really something really basic, and it's basically, you know. Now, you, is this a you like a YouTube video? You can go you, to you, you can go or? you can go to YouTube and watch it for I think free, it's a but book, it's also right? a book. Yeah, yes. I think it was, I, 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 I hate to say this, I'm not a big reader. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't read it. Yes, oh, do you? DVD and the, and they show the 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 DVD they have on for, for free on the YouTube. You can watch yeah. it free on YouTube. So I always send my friends to YouTube. Chris, but I'm not I'm not a big audio books while I'm driving is, from yeah, state to state. Is, that's generally so when I read books. But it's a great tool to understand how your mindset can affect your life. Mm. And, um, you know, I believe in it. I mean, it's, I'm going to say not believe in it. I mean, it's, it's a science. It's, it's proven that, you know, you think positive, you put out positive energy, you know, you'll, you'll get it back. You know, if you think negative, you think negative thoughts, you'll get that. So, But it puts it more into a perspective to teach you how to... Um, like in a practical sense, how to, how to practice it in your everyday life and how you should do things. You know, instead of like a lot of people say that, you know, I'm broke and I never have no money and I never mm-hmm. get a job and never do this. And they're constantly broke and they stay broke because they're putting that out to the universe instead of saying to yourself, you know, money comes to me easy and often. I, you know, uh, paid photo shoots come to me easy and often, you know, things like things like that. And then getting your mind into the right mindset to attract that success, receive it. And then once you, you start getting it because it's the thing about it is you can't just think these things and expect it to happen. Right. You have to think it and also put the work behind it. And when you put the work behind it with the mindset, then that's how you're able to attract it. Yeah, because I think that's that's sometimes people people hear the the message of like, oh, you got to be positive and you got to like the manifesting thing mm-hmm. is like, like oh, you got to manifest things. And 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 I understand the the what that means behind it, but it can be taken on very face value. Like, yeah, oh, you gotta ma- I I'm like- manifesting these things, but that's not what it is. It's exactly what I mean, you said. The, if the work isn't there, it doesn't it's matter not what work. It yeah, doesn't matter what, what you do. I mean, you can manifest anything in your life, but with manifestation also comes a good work ethic and a good mindset and pushing yourself to get there, you know? And I think almost it helps you with your work ethic to think in that way. Cause if you're thinking I'm doing this and it's just going to fail, that's going to come through in whatever it's the work through in whatever you're doing. Yeah, that you're mm-hmm. doing. If you're if you're doing it and you're like this is this is going to be the best thing that ever ever happened and this is, you know, uh, I'm super proud it's of this thing that I'm doing. Mindset, it. Bro. It's yeah, it's all amazing about how much that really, you know. It's crazy. Life it to me, life is all about perception, man. Anything the mind can conceive or believe it can achieve. If you're, you know, anything that you believe you can do or you can't do, you're right. If you think you can do it, you can do it. If you think you can't do it, you can't do it. And it's and I, life is really that simple. I think sometimes people make it make it too hard. And I need money. I need to do it like this. I need to do it like that. No, what you need to do is just make a plan, 
and just work your plan. Yeah. You know, I, I've done a lot of things without money because, you know, I made a plan, you know, and I, and I planned around it. Okay, if I don't have money, I'm going to try to do this creatively. And then what happens is you'll be working your plan and then next thing you know, oh, this just came to, or I just had this situation come to me where, oh, now it's giving me what I need. You know, the universe is giving me what I need to complete my goal. And I didn't even know it was going to come that way. Yeah. So it's like, you got to put that work behind it. You got to, you know, have that right mindset and, you know, spread love and, and you know, treat people with pos- positivity. And it's always going to come back, you know, be a blessing to receive a blessing. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that too. Like the people and, and as I get older, um, I try and express that too, to like, like, people that are especially in in this kind of business entertainment business is tough like you're going to be mm-hmm. rejected constantly you're going to be told that your stuff is terrible i've had so, someone that was like a fan of my music be like i like i like your new stuff now but your old stuff was pretty terrible <laughs> like to my face i'm like why would you say that like, to someone first of all up. right um but like but it's like damn i'm glad you like the new yeah, stuff but, but if i didn't but, <laughs> did. but the, i think the point of it is is like if i don't like I don't need them to believe in what I'm doing. I believe in what I'm doing, right? And so I'm going to continue to do uh, my my you know the work, and I'm going to continue to to believe that what I'm doing because I'm, I'm I'm passionate about it means something, and that it, that it's mm-hmm. it's good work as long as I'm putting in the effort to make it the best I can do. Um, and I think that that a lot of people. You know, they'll put very little effort into what they're doing, and then they're assuming that everyone's going to hate it, and they have mm-hmm. this negative mindset, especially where I'm from. I mean, you're from a big city, mm-hmm. too, right? So, like in Queens, there's so many people that, oh, I'm just going to be here for the rest of my life. I can never get out of this situation. And it's like, yeah, but but there's a lot of people that did. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it is it's possible. It's all perception, man. It's um, all how you look at it. Uh, and it's not just the perception. Obviously, you got to put the work into yes. it, too. And I think, I think the mindset then gives you the energy to mm-hmm. be able to go out and put that work in consistently and do it day after day after day mm-hmm. um, and do things that, that are kind of, yeah, maybe your early versions of the stuff, you know, your first comedy set is not going to be as good as your comedy sets now. Um, yes, 100%. You know, and you're putting in the work every day or, or you know, as often as you can, uh, obviously, to get it better. Um, are you working on like a... Like an hour, are you working oh, nah. on like trying so, to get so me personally right now, I'm just working on you know just solid material and solid jokes. I have about probably 15 to 20 minutes of solid material for a headliner. You want to have at least 30 to four, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of solid material. Um, you know, I could do probably longer than a half hour, but will it be all you know, amazing jokes? Probably not. So it's like for me personally, I understand and I respect the craft where it's like, you know, I understand that it's hard to come up with these, you know, you know, amazing routines that will keep people captivated for an hour long. And, you know, I don't want to cheat the system. So it's like I'm working really hard to make sure that I can be the best comic I can be. So it's like and I'm hard on myself. And also, you know, my team in the basement, shout out the basement. I feel like another reason I'm so far along in comedy is because of our team, you know, I'm a, a part of a lot of different amazing comedians that have just started just like me, but we all bounce ideas off each other. We write with each other. We say, nah, that's not good. Don't say this, yeah. say that, um, you know, and we, we hold each other accountable. So, um, a lot of people don't have that, you know, in different areas, you know, some people, they, they have to go through this comedy journey by themselves and they don't have help. They don't have mentors. They just got to figure it out. But I've been very blessed to be able to have a lot of fire comedy mentors and a fi- fire friends that do comedy that we can balance stuff off each other ask each other different ideas to take our comedy to the next level you know and yeah have you so i know you talked briefly kind of about tour touring and that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. have you done yet a tour like a um, I haven't, no, no, I haven't done a full-out tour. I've done a full-out tour with, with photography, but I haven't done a tour with comedy yet. Just be for the simple fact that I'm just so new at it, you know? Comedy is one of those things where you, like, you have to put in work four years yeah. to actually get to a, a place where you're like, okay, I'm really making money with comedy now, and I understand that. So it's like, me personally right now, I'm not worried about making money with comedy. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm just worried about being funny. And, you know, if I make money along the way, if I have different situations along the way that help me, you know, push me, that's what, you know, I'm happy for those situations, but I'm just concentrating on being funny, um, 
hmm. and killing any show that I have. Being not not comparing myself to anybody, but anytime I get on stage, being better than I was the last time. Yeah. You know, kind of like me against me type shit. That's a, that, I think that's a great piece of advice too, like paying your dues and and doing, um, you know, doing enough shows and enough sets in in your your mm-hmm. kid. Well, sets too with music um where you work out material and say okay maybe this this song this joke doesn't doesn't work out well and you end up you know distilling your stuff really to great um you know a great set um that hits every time every time you go up and play Mm -hmm. and i think that um a lot of entertainers that that get into the entertainment business and start doing things kind of expect you know this in every city that i've ever i've ever lived in there's always this thought of like oh venues need to pay more uh they need you know uh just because people do shows for free um you know they're not paying well and there's something to that okay yes but but you'll there are comedians that are getting paid millions of dollars to do what they do. They're doing. There are musicians that are getting mm-hmm. paid millions of dollars to do what they do that are new and upcoming. So maybe, just maybe, you need to work on your craft enough yes. where people are going to be offering you money to do what you do versus expecting it when you haven't put in the work to Gotta get put in to work, it, man. Right? I mean, you have like, like for example, I like. I think a good example would be Matt Reif. Like a lot of people think that, you know, I don't know if you know who Matt Reif yeah. is, but he's the, huge the, with the sexy guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to say, shit. yeah. But he's like, I know, I know who that is. He's doing, he's amazing. He's an amazing comedian, but I heard thing, some stuff. He does all crowd work. He, so he, some he, comedians are like, well, well not, that's not necessarily true. He has a lot of bits. He also has a Netflix special. That's about to drop um, soon too. And he's funny. I've watched all his comedy specials. He's extremely funny. But the thing with Matt Reif is people think he just, was an overnight success. Like he had yeah, his no, son, he just been. dropped some some um, TikToks and then it went viral. But people don't know that he's been doing comedy since he was like 13, 14. So he's yeah. put he's put in that work. You know, he's put in those he's he's put in the work where he when the sitch when the opportunity actually came from him blowing up, <laughs> he was prepared for it. You, so do you want to know, you know something? I I I had that exact thought in my car today on the way back from the gym, as a matter of fact. I was you know, I went for a run or whatever. Uh, no, I didn't actually do it there. I ended up doing it here. I got a question to ask. I'm sorry. But, yeah. Can we pause this first? I have to pee so bad. <laughs> when I drink 100%. I have to pee. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well what I'm gonna do instead of pausing it, I'm gonna talk to the camera here because I had the exact same thought that you had and luckily our in ears are wireless. Oh yeah, yeah. We're almost at the end of the okay, so the set. No, go do your thing. I was but, trying to hold it, and I was like, you know. But what? the thought, the thought that I had, and if we can get in, get in real close and intimate here. I got it. Let's get in real close and intimate. Um, but I thought about the the, um, you know, the putting in the work, uh, and the effort it takes, and the overnight success, and that sort of thing, um, and you know. With Matt Reif in particular, you know, he's a good-looking guy. And so there's this, this. Um, I, I think uh, from a lot of men, and I think he talked about this on, a, on an interview I saw him actually with, as a matter of fact, uh, on some other comedian's show. And he was like, you know, you're very attractive. And so, you know, how does that affect your sets and, and, and how does it affect your comedy? Um and uh, he said he, he typically, if he goes and he plays a set, typically all the guys have their arms crossed in the audience, you know, waiting to, like, hate him or whatever and not like it. Um, and all the girls are really excited about the set and, and you know, ready to ready to be entertained or whatever because they've seen uh, the... the uh, youtube or what do they call now the the uh tiktok the reels and that sort of thing. reels i think that was a title of one of our one of the episodes um but by the end of it right all the women hate him <laughs> because they've he's been picking them out in the audience and doing crowd work with them uh and then all the men are laughing along with it and, and all that sort of stuff um but but driving home like putting in the work tends to be overlooked and the overnight success part of it never is the case like there's always this this assumption that okay you're successful because it's been handed to you um and i think that that that's a a new a, a, 
I don't want to say noob. What is that called? An amateur uh, take on it. As you first get into a business or you first get into doing things, you kind of feel like you're a fraud. And so you're going to assume that the person that's being successful at it somehow has taken this magic pill or, or found this magic thing or their, their parents gave them all this stuff that, that allowed them to do it. Um, you know, and, and, and that's almost never the case. I think in general... Um, the individuals and the people that are successful, especially in the entertainment business, but not only the entertainment business, in every business, have started out by almost faking what they're doing, right? Getting out there and being terrible, and then coming to, uh, coming into their own and finding their voice in the situation. And Mike right, Matt. Matt Reif is one of those people where I think he, you know, he found some some success via like TikTok um, and via you know the reels and all that sort of thing, and and that's you know that's what got people to look at his art first, right? right. right? And then when they come to his shows, though, he better deliver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where the preparation meets, meets opportunity. I, I, I stalled, right? I stalled for a long time to get that was back good. to that point. I like what uh, you did. But the <laughs> okay, we got a couple of minutes left. But but um, going from being prepared when the opportunity comes, you do all those free shows and you work on your art and you become great at what you're doing. Not perfect, obviously, because you're always going to grow. Right. But become ready so that when the opportunity presents itself, maybe he didn't think. You know, this is going to be a big thing, this TikTok thing that I'm doing. But he blew up. And then when people come out to his shows, he's not just like unprepared. I don't know what's going on. He's been building these sets. Exactly. Killing audiences locally. Right. And then when he blows up, now he could probably sell out theaters. Oh, and all he's that. selling out theaters. He's selling out when, all over the when, world right now. You know, before that, he was playing to probably a, maybe a couple hundred people. Maybe. He said you before know? he, that TikTok. He said he was getting ready to quit comedy. He said there was a, I was just watching this interview on him the other day. He was saying before that TikTok that went viral came out, he uh, he created this show with another comedian and they ended up um, a festival wanted to take their show on and they didn't want Matt. They just wanted the other comedian that was with Matt and the comedian told them, like, you know, well, if you don't you know you know let matt come then you know i don't want to do it blah 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 so they basically say you know i'll let matt come you know but he won't get paid or anything like that but he can do the show which which still was a good you know yeah. it was still uh, honestly is a good opportunity i guess for him at the time so i guess he was saying like he was making the tiktok and you know he wasn't even going to post it at first and his friend was like you know just post it you know see what happens and then it just went viral so it's like you know it's just you know when opera you know when opportunity means preparation you know that's success so yeah yeah he worked he worked think, hard for it though i think that's a great one of the best pieces of advice is that i can give you know or, or at least pieces of knowledge that i've learned i don't even know mm -hmm. if it's advice uh <laughs> it's it's just knowledge that i've learned like be when the situation arises be, be ready. ready to do it stay ready to, um, so you don't have to get ready yeah and be prepared for it and i think that was a like an arnold schwarzenegger thing like i learned a long time ago. <laughs> you did a job <laughs> that's right <laughs> So I'm going to put you on the spot now okay. here because we've got maybe uh, we got a couple of minutes here left. Okay. Um, but first, everyone that's watching or has stuck around this long, I'm hoping that you're subscribed already. And if you're not, I'm coming to your house. Subscribe. And I'm subscribe gonna, to my boy's podcast. I'm going to take man. your hand and I'm going to forcefully put it <laughs> oh, on the shit. subscribe button <laughs> and the like button and the, and the little bell thing too. Isn't there a little bell thing that you can get notifications? <laughs> and then comment and tell me what you did like, what you didn't like. If you hate my face and you want me to wear a mask the whole time, I'll do it. I'll do it, Chris. I'll do it. Um, but uh, let, where, where can they find your comedy, your photography? Uh, you're, if you got a, got OnlyFans, right. no, you know, uh, yeah, OnlyFans, my OnlyFans yeah. is popping. Not just like, <laughs> uh, so uh, they can find me on Instagram at i underscore am underscore good news. Um, the good news is spelled G O O D K N E W S. I also have a website which is goodnewsphotography.com. Um, I'm on TikTok as good news. Um, on Facebook as Christopher Cardwell or Good News Photography. So yeah, I'm around. If you just Google the name Good News G O O D K N E W S. Well, uh, also, I'm, I'm we'll Googleable. Put, we'll put all the links in the in right, the cool, thing. So cool, you got to cool. send me. I, I forgot to send you that, but you yeah, gotta give me a bio you, and so the, good, yeah. all the links and all that stuff. And do you have? I mean, this is this is the most. 
terrible way to have comedy delivered is for me to be like, like someone sits down that's a comedian. You want to really annoy comedians <laughs> and you see them at a comedy club. As a matter of fact, go out, go out to L.A. And go to the comedy store because I've I've eaten a bug. Oh man, that's, that's have a you, legendary have you comedy been out club there? right there. Before? Not yet. I want to go to the comedy Real store. That's like one of my which every really every every oh man like CBGBs shithole. Oh my god, that's worst, crazy. I actually heard that, but it's still sound, a legendary club. Just a mess, pee everywhere. That's but crazy. But, but if you want to really annoy comedians, go there and be like, oh, tell me a joke. You're a comedian. Do that sort of thing. So I'm going to do that to you. Uh, Chris, now, do you have something you can, even if it's a dad joke, just for the people watching at home? What? Yeah, sure. Let me see. Let me think of something real quick. What can I? Um... <laughs> and also, and then I guess what shows? Uh, well, I have a show up, coming so. up actually in Buffalo on this, on, uh, this Thursday. Uh, so this might not air for a couple of weeks, so maybe into. Okay, so I got a show December twenty second. There you go. Um, I'm booking for this new comedy club called The Vault. So um, we're bringing Joe Claire. We're gonna have Izzy the comedian on there. Yolanda Smiles, Freddie Dules. I'll be hosting the show. Joe Claire is an, um, a legend in the game, so I'm excited to have him mm-hmm. here in town to be hosting for him in Rochester. D- yep, mm-hmm. December twenty second. Um, tickets are going on sale now, so. You know, check out, um, you know, uh, damn, I forgot where it's going to be. I forgot. It's Vault Comedy. It's a Vault, new comedy yeah. club um, oh, that's going to be I opening. Think I, so. Yeah, I think I saw something about that. So this is brand new. Um, so I'm excited to bring the first huh. show there. They, they picked me to kind of start helping with the booking and stuff for this, this awesome. club. So I'm excited about it. But um, in terms of a joke, let's see. Um, name one thing white people cook better than black people. <laughs> Hmm. Meth. <laughs> you <laughs> son of a. <laughs> it is true. It is true, though. I'm yeah, they really got a lock. They got a lock on that on that recipe. They got a lock. Chris, I want to thank you so much for being on the show, man. Nah, thank you for having me, man. I really this is appreciate an awesome it. Experience, I know man. we went a little bit over, and I, oh, I, I had fun with it. Did we? It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like it went quick. Yeah, it was about about an hour, right? Give or take. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy guy and, and all that, but I, I promise you one, uh, I got to come out to, to one of your shows here soon. That would be I've, great. I've I been like so that. busy. I haven't been meaning to do it. So maybe that, that one on the 22nd, when did you say this Thursday? Um, well, I might actually Thursday, be in Ohio. In Buffalo. I do open mic every Wednesday at Rock Cinema, so feel free to come out. Do you ever there. have musicians do anything like that? I don't. But All you know right, what? I'm going to come There's, up with. Uh, some people did some things. Um, I did this show at Rock. It's called Rock Cinema in, um, not Rock Cinema, I'm sorry. Secret Society Comedy Shows in Cleveland. And they had a, one of the guitar players play some stuff. So I was thought, like, I have to show you how they did it, but I think it might be kind of cool to do something like here. Like maybe that. So we'll, maybe I can we'll, talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah, because I'm planning next year tours and all that kind of stuff. So maybe we do something together. Because I'd, li- I'd like to do some art with you, man. I'm ready. You know, Let's I think we're, we're on the same, like, wavelength. Let's you know do it. I mean? <laughs> Let's do it, man. So, Chris, good news, Cardwell. Thank you, everyone, for, that, for watching. Um, Thanks for having me, man. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to my boy's podcast, yeah. man. You He's sure doing about amazing that? things. Yeah, I'm, I'm You sure about that? That's why? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting a TV show now. <laughs> Chris, I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks again, man. Uh, love you, man. And, and everyone that's watching, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on the audio podcast, thank you to Seed and Stone, uh, Cider, and Lucky Buzz uh, Meadery for sponsoring the show. And we're still looking for a few more sponsors. So if you're interested, you've been watching this, let us know, and we'll, we'll be happy. Happy to uh, promote you on on the uh, podcast, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Positive mind, positive grind. Let's Uh, go. Thanks, guys. (laughs)